Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, what's happening? It's Brian House. We're back in the studio with Brian Cohn for the Whoa. Work For It podcast. That's right. Every week you get to hear from us so that we can pump and pump and pump all of our inspiration right into you. That's right. Totally free, 100% on every single podcasting platform in the world. You get to hear our voices tell you what we're up to and bleed out some amazing, valuable data that can help you make money in your workshop. That's right. Business in the Workshop discussed here every week. Sponsored by the beautiful people at Patreon. You can go down to that website, patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $10.80 a year, you can become a patron of the show. It helps us. Hundreds of people, hundreds of your peers have done this and are doing it right now. Helping us help you work for it. Yeah, man. Brian, are you ready to do this? Dude, I've been so ready to do this show. I'm so excited. Me too. All right, Ryan, let's do it. Let's work for it, baby. Let's get it on right now. It's time to pull up your big boy pants, tighten your boots, get out to your workshop, and start making something of value that brings joy to the world. It's August. It's what I like to call trench-ass season. Amen. We're just trying to make it up out of that hammock. We were down an asshole. Now we're, I think maybe we're lower back at this point. I don't I, know. I'm, I'm seeing the upward trajectory already. Me too, Brian. I'm seeing it. I am watching almost, almost overnight. I have watched Instagram in particular, mostly Instagram, just wake up. I don't know if you've seen this, but it was just like all of a sudden. People are watching reels again and participating and commenting and liking and sharing. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Everybody woke up. Have you noticed this? I'm telling you, like, um, I've been posting about normal about three times a day. And every single one, it seems like I'm getting a decent amount of responses. I'm also like, I'm seeing the sales come in again. Yes. I've, I've got a nice little shot in the arm from a good sales week. And I'm feeling like I've, I'm just on fire over here. I'm it feels good, good, right? It validates what you're doing. Oh, my gosh. And it's so funny because, you know, right when you said we're in the lower part, the asshole part of the hammock, (laughs) that's where I was at my lowest. I had no sales. I had no money. I was shit out of luck. And it's just a couple weeks later. I mean, not even a full month. And all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, my gosh, I'm good again. Everything's sales are rolling. People are thinking about Christmas already. People are getting Christmas orders in. It's like, oh, geez. I kind of like look at the now as you get older, you look at the at the year like like a week, like July, June, July, and August are like Wednesday. Oh you know? yeah, I it's feel like that. Hump day, right? I mean, you got to get over it, you, and you get through it. And uh, I had a great conversation with my mom uh, last night. Uh, was uh, unfortunately their dog has met the end of their life, and uh, they're taking their dog in today to be. Um, you know, sent over the rainbow highway and um, it's a 13 year old dog. I mean, the dog's oh. been around a long time, long time. This dog's a great dog, by the way. Yeah. Uh, may you rest in peace though. Um, and uh, you know, be out of pain and all of that. And so of course I got to call my mom, right? Because you know, she messages me this and really my dad is the one that I got to like really get, you know, some, give some support to cause he connects with the animals much more than my mom does. Mm. Um, and so I'll be calling my dad after the show, but, um, I had a great conversation with her because (laughs) I don't know how this came up, but I wanted to distract her from, you know, the whole situation with the dog. So we start talking about the UFOs, you know, how the, like all the (laughs) the shit has come out, right. That the the government knows about these UFOs. Absolutely. Nobody gives a shit about it. No one gives a shit. (laughs) And it, which I love, by the way, I love that everybody goes, 
yeah, we all kind of knew there was something, but whatever, you know, it's not impacting our daily lives. And my mom is super religious, right? Okay. So, uh, and my mom taught like Bible study. She's a theologian. So she, you know, if you hear me talk about theology at all, it's because I, you know, had long, lots of coffees with my mom and talking about religion. Um, and so we were talking about what this means for religion and I kept asking, like, you know, the story of Genesis and how there's the tree of life and Eve gets the apple from the, you know, eats the apple sure. and her eyes are opened. And, you know, there's for years, there's just been this theory called the ancient astronaut theory that aliens came down to planet Earth, mixed their DNA with the primate DNA and created a human race, okay. which was really just designed to be like a slave race to help these aliens mine precious resources from the earth. And then once they got what they wanted, they left and they left us here. Okay. So this is the theory, ancient alien theory or ancient astronaut theory is what it's called. All right. The moon. Now it gets even weirder. The moon, get this. The moon is an observation pod. (laughs) Okay. It is hollow. It is not solid. There was an operation done in the sixties and seventies called operation Moonblink. And a satellite was crashed into the surface of the moon, and it rang like a bell, according to NASA. And then, uh, of course, now, uh, you know, the whole dark side of the moon thing, you know, the if you start to really put some of the stuff together, it can kind of make sense, right? You kind of think like, well, yeah, that's right. The, the mm. moon does not rotate on its own axes. It only, it's only one side that we see. Right. And that's odd. You know, OK, I just want to take a big old step back away from the tinfoil hat. I don't know any of this bullshit. <laughs> I, I don't condone. I, I, any trust of this me when bullshit. I tell you this is going somewhere. So, OK. All right. All right. I'll, I'll play so, along. <laughs> all, all of these. This, now, imagine me having this conversation. I'm a 46 year old man having this conversation with my 77 year old mother on the okay. phone. <laughs> And we were talking about, and it came around full circle about when, now, because I'm so cynical in my older age, when I hear about these, the the reveal, revelation that there's these UFOs and aliens and all this stuff, that sure. I think, I don't think about the aliens, the UFOs so much. I think about what are they trying to distract us from? Like, what mm. the hell is going on? Like, why oh, yeah. now? Like, what the fuck? Why now are you telling us this? All of a sudden, all this declassified information and all these people are coming forward saying they saw things. And I get it. But why now? You know, and I often think about how business and the economy is an is like a an, it's an ecology of sorts. It's like it has. A life, you know, just like the hammock in the months of the summer, everything kind of slopes down and people travel. They don't spend money on certain things during that time. And then all of a sudden it ramps back up August, uh, you know, on through, you know, wherever. Sure. Um, And I started really, you know, kind of looking at this from the standpoint of how easily manipulated the, you know, these big corporations, the government, all these 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 people of power, which, you know, it sounds like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat and it sounds like I'm going to start talking about the Illuminati. But (laughs) I was just saying, okay, hold on for just a second. I have been thinking this entire way through. Oh, my God. What kind of a podcast am I on right now? (laughs) You guys don't know this, but we're changing the theme of work for it to, uh, you know, we're conspiracy theorists now. No, I'm I'm just saying. When you start to look at the overarching, um, the movements of what we do as human beings, you'll start to see patterns. You yeah. know, these like the, the slow times in the summers and all of that. And it's important from a business side because I was relating all of this to when the when something big happens, a war starts, a terrorist act, some big news thing occurs. That is that is unfortunate. It's terrible. But there's all of these places and people who want to profit from it. Okay, Mm -hmm. And in one way or the other, they can manipulate the stock market and they can manipulate the the uh, uh, the economy and how that works. They can put us into a recession. They can make the economy, you know, move forward. And and so I often think about how out of control we are. 
we have really no control. We have no power, right? Sure. And I had this like thought that, oh, man, we're kind of powerless. We're we're just the oil in the machine, really. We just need to, you know, keep making or keep making money or keep uh, pumping money back into the economy. And I thought, wait a minute, no, we do have the power. We have the power to stop all this because you know, once the internet was created in the '90s. It gave a whole bunch of communication to a whole bunch of people who didn't have it before. Think about how powerful that is, right? When I talk oh, yeah. about how social media connects us all and what most of us do with it is very uh, not so productive, right? But <laughs> there's a whole bunch of us that are leveraging social media in a way that can you know, generate uh, business and whatever. It gave me the sense that I have a little piece of the power that say, uh, Rupert Murdoch has, you know, I don't own 20 newspapers and 20 Fox affiliates and whatever else I own housemade.us on Instagram. I own, you know, just little, these little places online, but it's kind of like my own piece of the power that I get to choose. So I want to start a campaign and it starts today because you and I talked about this. You gave me a great idea. You're like, you have these people working for you. Why are they not making reels? You know, they should be making reels like one a day. So no joke. I took your advice and I oh, went really? to my, yes, I went to everyone on Monday and I said, your job now is to create a reel a day. And it doesn't have to be anything of notoriety. It can be the whole document don't create thing. Mm-hmm. I just need a reel from each of you per day. And, now, how many know, people is that? Well. How how many people? It's is really that? just us three for now. Okay, so cool, it's just cool. me, Sarah, and Brent. And cool. we started this on Monday, and it worked. It started to turn around our algorithm. It started to really, even like some of these reels were just simple reels of like me walking around the warehouse and just showing what we were doing and uh, like kind of doing a day in the life type thing. You know, I for a long time I had been producing these reels over the summer, and I mean spending a ton of time, like an hour or more, making them, and they would get three thousand views, four thousand views, which you know in my uh, world is kind of small. Which for so me like, is a is a home run. <laughs> right, right. It's all perspective, and I get sure, that. sure. I'm used to getting fifty, hundred, a million views, and I'm mm. getting three thousand. Oh, and must be so, nice. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. But but then like the other day, Brent produced his first reel on Tuesday to send to me, and it was just him cleaning up D plates. It got like eleven thousand views from yesterday. Yeah. So like that's pretty good. So we're seeing some traction there. I realize that. And then this is going to come back to the whole UFO thing, but it what it really amounts to is where you're putting your energy. Are you going to sit here and dwell on, you know, um, you know, the algorithms being slow, the summertime is being shitty, you know, people aren't spending money right now, there's a war in Russia and the Ukraine, you know, all these things can be viewed as distractions. And I'm what I'm telling you this is, is you get a you every moment of the day you have a choice right sure you get to pick what you want to put your energy in now i look at myself as an older dude i got about 10 hours a day of productivity maybe some days like 8 to 9 hours but on average i'm about a 10 hour a day guy after 10 hours i got to like i got to check out i got to punch out i got to turn on the tv i got to eat something i got to do whatever in that 10 hour window i have a choice Every single minute is a choice that if I choose to distract myself with UFOs and bullshit, I can do that. If I have or I can say I want to push this particular product today. Like, for instance, we we have been working on this uh, 3D printable hose uh, or real uh, not real hanger, uh, the belt hanger for the two by 72 belts. First of all, let me interrupt for just a second, because that. That little product is so cool. First of all, it's it's a 3D printable product. It's not like you're putting a whole lot of man hours. You're, you're pushing print and you're packing it up and it's out the door. Sure. That is a perfect little, like, if it was Christmas time, you'd say it's a stocking stuffer type thing. It's not super expensive, but it is a nice little upgrade for your belt storage situation. And I really think that every single business needs something like that that is low effort but also, you know, consistent sales for lower prices. 
And I yes. love the fact that that was something that, you know, I, I have been using those little cutoff PVC pipe situation. And I, I personally think that having that arch is very necessary so that you don't get little belt bumps in your belts as yep. every time you hang them. So you came up with like an upgraded version of that. And yep. so many people out there, I guarantee you are going to see that and be like, holy shit, that's awesome. How much are they selling for? We, because of, you know, they're bulky. So we did like a four pack, guys, I think it was a four pack for 55 bucks or something. Oh, like come that. on. That's shit. nothing. Yeah. Shit. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So we throw them in a flat rate box four for 55 and I think you can get six for 65 or something like that. Yeah. But it's, you know, they take a few hours to print. And so here's how we did this. So we came up or actually I can't take credit for this. When I was in vacation, Brent, uh, came up with this concept, found like something online that was designed for hanging like your vacuum hose on your okay. wall, and then he shrunk it down. Brent has really um, gotten into 3D printing. He's trying to learn CAD, so he's doing all this stuff, and I'm showing him a little stuff here and there, and he's kind of working with the new printers and stuff. When we came back from our vacation, he really educated him. So it was awesome to watch. He's very, very versed now in the 3d printing stuff and i love it and we showed off those belt hangers we weren't even going to make them as a product we had been working on another uh uh, 3d printable hose hanger thing but it just never really worked it was it was just an afterthought well the outcry i mean the dms the people oh hey can i get that stl i want to print it myself and oh man are you selling those i'd buy those and i was like man geez there's so many there's a huge huge need for this and i didn't realize it and because you know me i've got belts hanging all over every single hook in my shot anything that will hang a belt on there's a belt on yeah. it and it's a mess can confirm so, oh my god and so uh we took that original stl file and I modified it to be the right size, width, and strength to hold a 2x72 belt. Listed it on the website yesterday, did the four-pack and the six-pack, and then we're sitting around, and I go, you know, I think we should give away the file for free because mm. there's a whole bunch of people that are not in the United States that can't buy from us. We don't ship. you know, We'll ship it internationally, but it just doesn't make sense. And so we listed the free file. On the website, bro, my phone last night, I had to Blew turn up. the so- the audio off because in order to download it, you have to kind of like purchase it. You have to go through the process so we can capture. That's the one thing you have to give us is your name and your email address so that you can get this free file. And we get in turn, we get a ch- chance to market to you. Mm-hmm. But my phone, it was like cha-ching, 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 <laughs> cha-ching, but- cha-ching. It so never here's stopped. the problem, though. When that little cha-ching goes off, I do a little dance because I know, oh, shit, that's money coming in. But for you, it's zero. in this situation, it's zero. No, but we <laughs> sold a whole bunch, too. So, like, yeah. we sold a couple hundred last night. So people were buying, you know, the actual units. Um, so it wasn't just the freebies. I mean, man, it, w- it was great. It And it, what it showed me was well, – not only that, our customers are so amazing. They're buying the the belt hangers, and then they're saying, I have a 3D printer, but I would much rather just buy it from you and support mm. your business. Or the guys that would, like one guy messaged me, and he goes, hey, I see that this is $0 on the website. Like, what gives? Like, I want to buy it. Like, I don't want to just take it. Sure. And I was like, I said, well... I appreciate that, but it's a free thing that we're doing for the community. You're welcome to buy a four pack or whatever. And then five minutes later, Cha-Ching came through and it was he bought a four pack and he bought a bunch of other stuff. Like just go. other little knickknacky things that we sell on the website. Man, the karma that came out of this, the good karma that came out of this yeah. is fantastic. Now think about this too. For the next couple of months. We're going to be seeing these things printed and people are going to create social content using hard work and good luck on their belt reels and stuff. And, you know, maybe we left some dollars on the table. I don't give a shit. I would rather everybody have a solution, use it. You know, I had one guy in Australia contact me and say, hey, I want to pay a licensing fee so I can sell these on my website. I Mm -hmm. told him, hey, 
promote us, shout us out, just tag us whenever you'd get a chance. Feel free. I'd love to be a part of your success. Oh, shit. A small Look, part. Mr. Handout over here. Look at Brian House. I don't see it as a handout. I see it as. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I screwing around. As, I know what you're doing, but I, I'm, here's how I see this is that every every time we do stuff like this, what we realize is that people res this was an off this was just something we weren't gonna even do, you know? It just became a thing. And then all these people decided to support us anyway. So yeah. why wouldn't we give some things away? Why wouldn't we do that? It's just because this becomes this is my ecology. You know, the 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 economy of housemade is I get to pick. And that's my power move you know my power move is to take care of the people who take care of us so yeah i love it it was a great success it's still a great success like i'm looking down at my phone right now and there's like 20 shopify notifications <laughs> just from when we started this podcast that's awesome and it's because people are going to our website downloading or buying those hose hangers or the belt hangers and i love it so Anyway, I've talked enough, Brian. I, I'm I feel like I've just I've been ran, rambling on. How you doing, buddy? You all right, dude? It's been a great week, and it, not necessarily just because there's some sales coming in. There's also been some really good karma floating around in my I little area. So there's a couple couple small or I guess one really big thing I want to start off with. Did you see that piece of content I did around Arlen Prozeller? Yes, and it I was followed the, him. Yes, yeah. I did. So it's Arlen James Designs. He's a 14-year-old knife maker. He's doing incredible work. Like his his level of craftsmanship is way better than I could do at 14 for sure. I could even do a couple of years ago. Like he's doing some stellar, stellar work. And so basically, you know, shoot, it probably was two weeks ago or so. Uh, he reached out to me. I was asking me a bunch of questions about heat treating, about this, about that, different processes, how we can fix this thing, how we can basically how we can upgrade. And, you know, I spent about an hour kind of going back and forth with him, kind of, you know, troubleshooting some problems, getting him on the right foot, which I mean, I love when people message out to me. I, I get a bunch all the time and I love helping people. It's just, you know, I when I was at his age or at his stage in knife making, I was asking so many different people, and I love the fact that that has kind of flipped around a little bit. But so uh, about a, a week ago, he actually put in an order for a pound of black pearl and a max grip that those stamps that um, that Neil from Maximus Knives designed. Um, I have now 19 more of them up for sale. He bought the first one. Nice. Um, so basically, the you know I I. Within an hour of him putting in the order, I made that piece of content and I had it shipped. But basically, this piece of content was just kind of like, hey, you know, I, I got this order in. Let me pack it up and tell you about the person who ordered it. And I I told the little story of Arlen Prozeller, the 14-year-old knife savant. And, uh, yeah, he's he's super cool. And so at the end of that, as I'm, you know, driving it in um, to the post office in that part of the piece of content, I just kind of quickly mentioned, like, hey, if you're – if you're a knife maker, if you're a person in the knife community and you want to give somebody a deal, give it to this guy because he's on his way up and I'd love to see him, you know, get some get some tools, get some materials, set him up so that, you know, he can really understand how nice the knife making community is. Well, I got um Arlen reached out to me yesterday. Even Heat is hitting him up and giving him a kiln. Whoa. Freaking even heat is sending that this kid a awesome. kill. I love the fact that this kid, the 14 year old who, I mean, he's working with, you know, minimal tools, but he's still like chunk, you know, pulling out these awesome looking knives is now going to be getting the giant step of a heat treat kiln. That's just huge. because like, you know, this, this just so chance I, I, you know, message him and we, we talked a little bit and, he ordered from me and I wanted to really shout him out. And then all of a sudden he's going to be getting that level of a tool just, just for being an awesome dude. So Arlen, you're awesome. I appreciate you. I don't know if you're listening or not. If you guys are listening, go check out Arlen James designs on Instagram. Give him some love. Let him know that we love him because he's, he's, you know, he's just a 14 year old following a passion, making knives. And if he sticks with it, imagine what he'll be doing at our age, you know? Hundred percent. It's great to watch the community rally around the young guys too. You know that are yeah that are working on bettering themselves and you know doing more. It's not 
every day that you see even adults being motivated, right? Yeah. Like we're a lot of times we're forced to do things we don't want to do. But when you're young, and I don't know how many young guys listen to the show, but when you're young, you have an advantage because you have a lot of time that you won't get once you start working. Sure. Um, and you won't have the energy anymore. You know, um, a lot of the guys that I resonate with are the side hustle guys. Because right, right. my whole life was a side hustle. You know, my whole professional career really added up to being a side hustle. And so when I watch a guy go to work all day, eight hours a day, and then come home and bust his ass for another five or six hours in a hot workshop, mad respect. Like yeah. huge mad respect. But when you're 14 and you, you know, you got school, I get it. School's a big thing. It is. But you got your summers off. You got a lot of time. And to watch somebody motivate themselves at that young age instead of playing video games or, you know, just hanging out with buddies to start off their career at that young, mad respect for you. So absolutely. Nice and then another piece of huge karma and just kind of proves like I put out this cool thing and this cool thing happened to Arlen because I shouted him out. You know, there's there's some of that karma going around because Knives by Nuge reached out to me a couple days ago. And basically, he he pulled the trigger on one of those laser etching machines, um, just to mark you know his name and what or his his logo, his maker's mark on his knives. Well, he had a personalizer plus that he's been using that now is just sitting around and not doing anything. So he reached out to me, not even knowing that you know this karma thing is going around. Not that I he didn't do it because I shouted out Arlen. He just hey you know I noticed you only hot stamp. You want this in your tool in your arsenal of tools as well. So, you know, he sent me over the Personalizer Plus. So thank you so much, Knives by Nuge. And uh, it's just so cool that, like, you know, this this whole thing just, it, it happened, like, back to back. And it just makes me feel good that, like, I put out a good thing and then I received a good thing. It's it, I wasn't doing it just to receive a good thing. It's just, it's so weird that that happened within, like, a couple hours of each other, you know? It's the universal language that is it's a universal law i think and um when people hear me talk about karma i don't think they expect a guy like me to believe in karma but i've lived on earth long enough to know that karma exists it is a real thing you can't walk through life though like you said doing good things hoping to get something in return right you literally just do good things you just be a good person you do good things you give, uh, and I've said this in the past about um, if your life seems like my, my grandfather used to say, if everywhere go, everywhere you go smells like shit, it's probably you. <laughs> and so I use that as an analogy to say, like, if bad things are happening to you, uh, and you know you have a series of things that are happening to you that are taking things away from you, look look at what you're contributing or not contributing to overall the overall human existence. Typically, if you steal something, you will be stolen from. Sure. Okay. If that if that makes sense. And then the converse of that is if you give, you will be given to. Mm. Again, though, you can't live life thinking, you know, I'm just gonna give and to give and give until I get back, because then karma becomes nullified. So if you're giving to just get back, karma doesn't work. It knows. Trust me when I tell you, it knows. Now, you is have this to like give a genuinely? Is this like a small tinfoil hat that we're putting on here? Or like, I know this is kind of the tinfoil episode. It is but. kind of a tinfoil episode. You guys are getting a chance to see into my neuroses and look <laughs> deep down into the brain of Brian House. That is all very true and accurate things, though. I believe heavily, heavily in karma, and so. It doesn't take long for you to reap the benefits of just being a good, solid human being. There it is. So there it is. Good stuff. Speaking of even more good karma, so this upcoming weekend, I'm super excited to have Jeremy Ballaball come over to the house. And it sounds like, you know, he's, he's uh, again, he's putting out good karma. He's coming over and helping me put in 220 in the shop finally. Oh, shit. So we're, okay. getting, we're getting electricity all set up. And it's been kind of funny because I've been messaging back and forth and he's having me take pictures of this wiring and where's the wire sure. come in, where what's the boxes look like, which one's this. And he's just like, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. That wasn't set up right. <laughs> so this well, yeah. this weekend he's coming over and we're going to be digging the trench, which means I had to 
had to dial 811 and get that up figured out for the first time. So I did the big boy step of actually, you know, calling the people I'm supposed to call before I do something I'm not supposed to do. Did they come out yet? No, they haven't. And that's the thing. And, you know, they said you're supposed to only call three days ahead of time. Well, I called on Monday and uh, we're starting on, you know, Friday. Call today again and say, I've called. I've tried to get somebody out here. Nobody's come out. And, uh, you know, yeah. But anyway, so Jeremy Ballaball is coming out and I'm going to be hanging out with him and, you know, we'll be getting the uh, the old electricity all set up. And I mean, he knows what he's doing, so it'll be done right. So there it is. Yeah, definitely. Well, I can't wait to see some progress and, you know, maybe you guys can make some social content about oh, yeah. hanging around together and putting in the proper wiring because you know what the internet really loves? <laughs> to tell you that we're two, doing it wrong. <laughs> two guys who aren't actual electricians doing electrical work. They love, 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 love commenting, telling you you're doing it wrong. Or this isn't right. You should do it like this. Huge engagement opportunity for you. Well, not only is there that, but also in showing us doing it, we'll be showing off the work that the old guys that were lived here before did. <laughs> I'm sure there is plenty to be said about the bullshit that they've done. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully you get some of that rectified, too, because, yeah. you know, that's, you know, obviously that's an issue with a lot of these older houses is that people think they know what they're doing and they just don't. Well, so it, it, part of it is that it, everything here, it, one of the guys was a carpenter, so he built everything. The desk that I'm on is a desk that he built that is like a big old wraparound desk and huge. It's awesome. I love it. For that type of stuff, cool. Let's go with it. You know, I, I love that it's what it is and I can use it now. But like the the barn out or the shop out there, I mean, he had one plug and it's a 120 amp gate or Fuse, I think, is the proper terminology, but I could be wrong. Breaker. One, one twenty amp breaker. So running the entire shop, my my belt grinder, everything out there is run off of that one breaker. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly Tough. what that Jeremy said was oof. That's wrong. So, you know, hopefully we're going to be able to rectify that, get more power out there, get everything turned around the way it's supposed to be. And uh, yeah, just hanging out with Jeremy for the weekend is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. And so is he staying, he's staying the whole weekend hanging out. So I believe he's coming over Saturday and we're going to be working all Saturday. And if need be, he'll be staying the night and then we'll be working on Sunday. Gotcha. Okay. And then you'll have Kyle there too. So Kyle, Kyle is officially all moved in and it's been kind of fun because it's like having an IT person in house. So he's been like, actually setting up the internet properly. Uh, Ben's bites sent me a router just because he had an extra router. And he said, well, you could use it as a doubler, like a, a bridge or a, a repeater. I don't, I don't know the yep. terminology. Yep, yep. I'm learning that I'm really dumb on terminology for stuff. I don't know. But anyway, so, you know, Ben's bites sent me this, this uh, router to become a, a repeater. And we actually set it up last night, which means, you know, down here, I had download speeds, I think of maybe five, and now it's like north of a hundred. Hey, so that boom, that works. Yeah, <laughs> now things awesome. are fast, so it's it's awesome. Sorry, but yeah, um, it's great. But yeah, so it's been a really good week over here. I've been working on actually the first proper batch of this new shop. You know, ever since I set up the new shop, I've been doing like you know one or two knives at a time. I think at most I had like maybe four knives going at the same time. Well, right now I'm working on a batch of 10. So it's like, you know, this feels like I'm actually breaking it in. I'm doing a nice large size batch. Well, not large size, but it's kind of smaller when it comes to my batches. But I'm doing a full batch run and it's like, okay, this is this is the actual workflow. Everything is where it needs to be. And, you know, hopefully when I have 220 in here, I'll be able to upgrade a few things, get the sandblast cabinet going, really, really, really hone things in. And then we're off to the races. So it really feels like my new my new shop is actually broken into and like like I'm getting it to work for me the way I want. Yeah. It, it takes it, time, man. It takes yeah. a lot of time. Could it take not years. only it not only takes time to like set things up in uh ergonomic fashion or like things are going where they need to be and you have to remember where things are, but like to be able to tune it in to work 
really efficiently and like do a batch and not have to like be running back and forth or, Oh shit, I forgot this over there. So I got to go do that. You know, it's, it's little finicky things like that, but I really feel like I'm like at home in there and I'm working well and it feels good. It feels really good. So well, yeah, good. that's, that's pretty much been the, the cone lifestyle. So what's, what else is going on in the housemade universe? Because I know that you guys are, you know, pumping out a shit ton of comp content. Is there any housemade university updates? Uh, not as of yet. We're in the final stages of shooting things and finishing that project. We kind of had to table it uh, for this week because we needed to switch gears on a couple of projects here that we just want to get done before the heavy season starts. You know, we we're looking at you know September, October. It gets super busy here. Like, oh yeah, and. So we were what we're doing is restocking everything. So we have Apollo Forges back in stock now because we sold out of our third round. Nice. So now we've got uh, you know Apollos in place, and we're setting up the marketing strategies to move forward to move those. So like I'm doing forging projects, you know, little things that are you know helping create content that help us move particular product products. Um, and then also working on coming up with new products like the belt hangers and um, we've got contact wheels. We've got like just you name it. We have been, you know, I put out a lot of money in the last few months, couple months to hopefully get ahead of the season that is ahead of us. Because I think this is the biggest going to be the biggest year for Housemade so far. As it, it should be. As it should be. And so to stay moving. And then on top of all of that, Brent and I are doing a production run of his thicker clipper and magna cut and a production run of of a new knife that him, he and I collaborated on called the cliffhanger. Yes. I saw that piece of content. I I know I brought it up a couple weeks ago, but like that little CAD setup. And like, it's, it's such a simple piece of, of, um, you know, content where it's just you doing the cat and doing a voice over it, but just how, how much you can put in so many different details. And then all you have to do is, you know, set things up in the, um, oh shoot. What's that big machine you got? (laughs) Damn it. And Um, the C and C. Yeah. The giant, what's the Haas. Yeah. The mini mill, the Haas mini mill. And you know, that thing is going to cut it down to all of those little details and it, after that, what is it? Heat treat, slapping on the scales, a little bit of polish, and out the door. Yeah. Well, we ran a, uh, a couple of tests yesterday um, mm-hmm. and uh, made made two knives in it. And uh, just to double check all our tooling is right because we swapped out a couple of tooling things. And, you know, the biggest complaint about working with MagnaCut is grinding it. You know, yeah. It, j- even in its annealed state, it is a bear to work with. However, it's not too bad to machine it. It does mm. chew up tools. You know, we use carbide tools and they're expensive. Uh, but you can, you know, you can get, you can pump out 20 knives with a set of tools. Mm. Um, and so instead of grinding the hell out of these things, we, there is some grinding though. We do have to do some grinding to finish them. But um, instead of chewing up all of our abrasives, you know, we're machining them. So, yeah, that's I love that work, by the way. It's it's fascinating work. It's it's very, very um, it's tuned into my brain. My brain really loves that kind of shit. And Mm. it's also very kind of frustrating because it can be like, you know, you make one little mistake and something gets fucked up and you just fucked up a, you know, thirty dollar blank. And it's yeah, it hurts. Um, or you break a tool that's 30 bucks and yeah. that hurts, you know, so it can eat into your margin like really quickly, you know? So, um, but yeah, we've been playing around with the CNC a lot just, and, uh, Brent and I are just working towards getting the knives ready for basically just looking at what it looks like to start the very small batch run of house made and bald man collab knives so that, uh, we can kind of get a flavor of what the market looks like. Because I could have sold every knife I took a video of instantly. I oh, yeah. just chose not to. I just don't feel like I'm ready to pump them out yet and sell them to the public. It's just one of those things where you know my workflow. I want to put out the best product humanly possible rather than just push out what what I have in my hand today 
I would much rather figure it out, get the best thing going, and then make a hundred of them and sell them. Yeah. So this first run will be 20, you know, and right. we probably won't even sell all 20 because Brent and I want to keep one for ourselves. So it'll be like 18 and um, New Jersey Steel Baron cut all the Magna Cut for us. It was delivered yesterday and off and running we go. So that'll be a thing. So if, if you're interested in that, uh, you know, just keep your eyes peeled. If you want to buy a knife from us, they will all be sub 300 bucks too. Nice. So nice. we're keeping them in the sub $300 range. Magna cut 64 to 65 HRC all made, all made here in our workshop in the CNC machine and on our grinders. It's all like we're all touching them. So it's all, it's definitely just a house made in house product. Nice. So, you know, that is the cliffhanger. So it's kind of a Warren Cliff situation, kind of yep. somewhere between a cleaver and a Warren Cliff. It's like straddling yep. the line between the two. And is that also a quarter inch thick? It's, they will be 0. 0.22. Oh, okay. When they're done. So, yeah, they're not quite a quarter inch, oh. but yeah, they're close. <laughs> You're splitting hairs right there. I mean, We're if it's 0. 0.22 to 0. 0.25, when it's that thick, it's that thick. <laughs> it is. And, and, and boy, is it a beef. It's a yeah. beefy knife. It feels so good in the hand, too. So, it's like it, it's a heavy knife and it's designed to be a knife that you carry in your workshop that you can beat the shit out of. That was our whole point. We didn't want the tip to be too thin or um, the angle to be too acute so that if you dropped it or if you, you know, you hit it, you know, with something that you would pry open a tank, you know, exactly. You could do whatever you want to this thing and it's a beef. So yeah, we, uh, that was a collaboration between Brent and I, we drew it out in June. And then of course all the CAD work had to happen. And then we sent it off to New Jersey steel Baron. I don't know. Um, it took probably a month or something to get the blanks actually here. So yeah, it, it's a thing, but yeah, we mill them back. Here's the interesting part about Magna cut. So when you buy a Magna cut blank from New Jersey steel Baron and you need it to be over 0.2 thick. Yeah or you want it to be around 0.2 or 0.25 or whatever, you actually buy 0.187. Oh, yeah? And it, and so 0.187 is 3 sixteenths of an inch. But when okay. it gets to you, it's like 0.224 or 0.2. I think they're like 0.227 or something like that. And, I'm, and it's because normally New Jersey will grind the mill scale off of yeah. the Magna Cut. But because Magna Cut, even in its annealed state, is so difficult to grind, they do not grind it at all. Mm. They do not mill it back to the thickness. They send it out as it comes to them. So when you get it, like these blanks I'm looking at, from their, they were made at Niagara Specialty Metals in New York. They're stamped with Magna Cut on the outside because they're still in, a, in their raw form. Honestly, I kind of like that for those big chunky knives. Had leaving the mill scale. I mean, it's not. It's almost like a poor man's brute to forge. Like yeah, I, I love bit, that yeah. feel. Like it gives you yeah. a little bit more texture when you're when you're choking up on. I, I really love. I mean, of course, I'm I'm kind of a whore when it comes to brute to forge, just because I love the way that it looks, and also it's a little bit less work. Let's be honest there, but. You know, you're not grinding that that stuff away, but it also adds like a different texture. It gives you a little bit more interesting of a flavor to it. And I, I would leave it on there, honestly. Well, in this case, I actually do mill the mill scale off. So I, I put them on a magnetic chuck in my CNC machine and I run a shell mill over them and it takes like a thousandth at a time. All right. and it just kind of and it shaves off that mill scale and it's and it's because I don't want them at whatever these are two two seven or I don't even know they're like they're point two three maybe it's a little too thick and I know it sounds like I'm splitting hairs and in reality I am but at the same time they come out super clean like they look yeah. really nice and they're also very flat so when I put that in you know they're pretty flat when you get them from New Jersey Steel Baron but when they come out of that machine. They will, if I lay them like down on my granite block, they suction cup themselves. That's how flat Ooh, they are. Yeah. That's nice. And I, for a long time, I was thinking about getting a surface grinder, like one of those, you know, big magnetic chuck surface grinders that are automated that'll do multiple blades at a time. Yeah. And 
I got the wild hair up my ass to buy a magnetic chuck that will fit in my vice in my CNC machine. And I decided to try to do the shell mill thing to just mill them back. And it fucking worked. I was like, okay. For for the layman person like me, what is a shell mill? Shell mill is like, it's like a, um, almost like a fly cutter. Have you seen a fly cutter where it makes big round? You got to put the dots real close. Okay. Let's put them together. So um, it, it basically what it looks like is um, like an upside down wine glass. Okay. Is the best way to say it. And at the edge of that wine glass, on the on the rim of that wine glass, are carbide cutters. They're okay. These little All right. Carbide pieces of steel that are sharp, and you and it spins. And when you run it over something, it creates. It's like an end mill, but it's really big. Yeah, and makes sense. Yeah. So you can take. Little, you can shave little tiny pieces, or you can take a lot, depending on whatever material you're milling. And when those carbide, the reason why these are so attractive to machine uh, machinists is that they're the ones I use are the cutters are octagonal, meaning you get to turn them, you know, pop the carbide out, turn it 90 degrees, and you have a fresh piece of carbide there. So you got these inserts, those inserts are expensive, you know, they're $10 a piece. But you get uh, six or seven or eight or whatever, however many edges are on there. That's how many times you get to use that carbide cutter before it wears out. Nice. So you get a lot of uses out of it. So, yeah, it's it's a really cool thing. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I started milling these back in my machine. No grinding necessary. Everything stays nice and cool because I'm able to run flood coolant over everything. And then they get put on our fourth axis, which then creates the bevels. It creates all the, you know, the geometry, the jimping, the contours, everything gets handled in the fourth axis. And then when they come out, they're pretty much ready for heat treat. They need a little bit of sand. Uh, we don't do sandblasting right off, but we tumble them a little bit to get all the burrs off if there's any burrs. And then they go right into heat treat. Mm. And, um, and yeah, they, and we nailed MagnaCut heat treat in our Paragon kiln. I have a Paragon Pro, um, and it, we knocked it out right between 64 and 65 HRC, every single one of them. And that is the where, in my opinion, where MagnaCut likes to live. It's uh, like in, for these thicker knives anyways. They don't, they don't chip. It won't bend. It won't roll. It holds an edge. Once you get an edge on there, these knives are sharp for a long time. Nice, nice. Now, I'm not quite, I don't quite remember, but I know that Maritime Knife Supply carries either, is it Paragon or even Heat? I know they're supplier of one or the other in Canada. Well, yeah, Maritime definitely carries even Heat. Let me just look at their website, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Well, while you're doing that, while he's looking that up, let's go ahead and do the promo because Maritime Knife Supply is the place to get your materials if you're a knife maker, whether it's Kydex, whether it's steels, whether I'm, I'm sure I'm, do they even, I'm sure they have Magna cut the, yeah. the best of this, like all of the mono steels you need, you can get it over at Maritime Knife Supply, as well as, you know, handle materials, all the different tools you need, like a heat treat oven, um, different supplies for different things. You just need to go over there and check it out because they are the place. And you're also going to win on the conversion rate between the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar. And they ship super quick. So what more do you want? Go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. Yeah, check they them out. carry, by the way, they carry Paragon, which is the kiln that I run daily, and even heat. So they, yeah, have they got both. them both. They got they them have both. Them both. One of the things I want to shout out on their website that um, – a lot of people don't know about is I don't know if you know this, but pickle cutters like a year ago came up with this awesome blade fixture for inside your kiln. It's essentially just a piece of stainless steel that's cut that has fingers that are bent up yeah. so that when you put your knives in, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. It's really tough to keep your blades standing up and you don't want to lay them down in your kiln. It's better for them to be, you know, so that they get all evenly coated with the heat. Now that they're they're standing up and you know, like on its on the spine per se, not like on edge, but on the spine. Whenever I was when I was over at um um oh my gosh, why am I take why am I blanking? Gentry. Uh, Matt Gentry. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's the second time I my just completely went blank on names. But Matt Gentry, whenever whenever I've been over there, he has like that ceramic and it's got those little ceramic rods that come up. Yes. 
And like those things are nice, but they, they break, break really easily. Every time yeah. you take them in and out, you're like puckering up because if you drop this thing, it's going to shatter. So the stainless, the stainless steel does break down. I mean, there's it doesn't last forever. It, ours is like beat to shit. We, we right. have one here in our shop and but they're forty five bucks and you get a ton of uses out of them for forty five dollars. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's one of the things that uh, Lawrence sells on his website. On top of that, he's got tooling, abrasive steels, anything you need. Go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and check it out. And when you're ready to get your knife game to the next level, go to BakerForge.com and get one of the most beautiful pieces of Damascus steel you've ever seen in your life. Baker Forge has everything, everything, every single tool you would need to make this Damascus, which, by the way, if you watch the social media, you'll be able to quickly learn it's hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment that they use and expertise to make this stuff. And you, for a very small fee, can own a piece of this steel and sell it for 10x of whatever you bought it for. Dark My Riptide Ultra Ripple 80CRV2 Core with Elite, elite Copper My, you name it, Tiger My, they've got some awesome beautiful amazing steals that will wow your customers and if you use the code wfi10 you'll get 10 percent off of your purchase which i'm in i'm love with the, they brought back the old retro dark my i don't know if you saw this oh yeah but it's basically just a really uh dark layer of adcr v2 with the uh copper my or go my that's in between as kind of like a almost a like, shim I, yeah, it's like a shim of Damascus. It's hard to say. It's not even. Got... It's not even just Damascus. It's copper Damascus in the copper center. Damascus. It's yeah. so freaking cool. Yep. And uh, also, if you buy a billet from them, they will roll it out for you. They have a new rolling service, um, or they'll surface grind it for you too. Yeah. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But yeah, you can uh, buy in to uh, and support Baker Forge and Tool the the important work that they're doing there. Uh, for as little as a hundred bucks, and if you use WFI ten, you get ten bucks off. It's like ninety bucks for a piece of steel, and then you'll make a knife out of that, and you'll be able to sell it for a lot more than ninety bucks. Trust oh, yeah. me when I tell you. Um, so, and they're great guys to work with. You and you know, uh, Koi and everybody there are one hundred percent top notch professional dudes that uh, that love knife making. They love yeah, steel they making. It's it's a it's a great thing. So go Speaking check it out. of BakerForge.com. Speaking of Coy Baker, he has now been on the Work For It pre-show twice. So on Wednesdays, about a half hour before we record, which sometimes is 8 in the morning, sometimes is later in the evening. You never know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've been doing these uh, live streams over on the Work For It podcast Instagram. So, you know, if you want to do a little pre-show, maybe tell me what's going on in your shop. Jump on live with me for a couple minutes. You know, let's let's go ahead and get this thing really rolling. Koi Baker has been on. Pickle Cutters has been on. There's been quite a few people that have just jumped on for anywhere between five minutes to a half an hour. And, uh, yeah, we have some good conversations over there. I like that you're doing that because it what it does is it allows you to kind of get like a, a little bit of a conversation going that's work for it related. Yeah. You know, and it's more like raw. I love yeah. that. And also, I really like it because it's like a vocal warm up before we get on the show. So I, oh, I personally man. love the utility of it, and also having the conversations with all these people. It's it's always a great time. Speaking of the people who listen, you want to jump over to hashtag WFI projects? Yeah, I, I'm going to pull out two because right. there's there's two that I really want to discuss. First is Spruce Hill Studio. Okay. He's like an engineer like yeah. me, right? He's always thinking like, how do I improve? Like he he does something. This is what I love about. Okay. He 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 does something and then he thinks, how can I make this better? Mm-hmm. How can I make this process better? And then he uses his engineering skills to do it. Um, and a lot of our, what's funny is a lot of our projects overlap and it, you know, like I'll release something and he'll be like, no joke. I just created something just like <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, ah, man, we're all inspiring each other. So it's all good. But that's Will from Maine. And you can go check him out, spruce.hill.studio on Instagram. And believe it or not, he only has 458 followers. And he needs some more. Yeah, yeah. So 
go check out spruce.hill.studio and check him out. He the the thing I wanted to talk about is he made this cool little knife sharpening thing that where that has a magnet on it so you can run a rail up to your two by seventy two and uh, just go check it out. It's really good stuff. He's always solving problems and he makes knives. So he's like kind of like me where he's more of an engineer, but he like loves the art of making a knife. Hell yeah. So yeah. Nice. Well, I've got one. I don't know if you'll really know this guy. His um it's Tyrell Knife Works. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever heard of that guy, Dennis Tyrell? No, never. <laughs> well, he's got a different style of project. He's getting air conditioning out in his shop, so he's getting it yeah. all set up and he's showing off his little air conditioning unit. But I can imagine, especially with the giant heat wave that has gone through the south. Uh, yeah, that, that has to be terrible. And if you don't have air conditioning, you better start that project soon because yes, you're maybe not going to use it in the fall or the winter, but come the dead part of summer, uh, you don't want to die out in your shop of heat stroke. And I know yeah. there's been, I've talked to a couple different people, um, that have been struggling with heat stroke and struggling with the heat. So it's, it's not like just suck it up, be a man, go out and bust your ass because people have died out in their shop for just that. So please be safe out there. Do like Dennis Tyrell and either set up an air conditioning unit or just have hydration, have ice water, have something on hand where you can cool yourself off in a hurry because you never know when you're going to need it. I was, uh, when we did the foundry project, I talked with Jordy the knife maker. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, and he convinced me to buy a an evaporative cooler, mm. which is you fill it with water and it pumps this water over these coils, and then a fan blows the cooler like more humidified air, essentially. Now, in Florida, it's not super effective because in order for this thing to really work, the humidity levels need to be lower. But here's what I'll tell you. Even with our humidity, even with our high, high humidity, and like the other day, 107 heat index here. Ugh. Uh, we we are using it, and it works. So, um, and the other thing about temperature in your shop is why I spend so many, like tens of thousands of dollars on air conditioning systems for our studios and our uh, uh, warehouse, is because you will not get as much done if you're uncomfortable yeah. all the time. And and so you know, air conditioning is super important. Uh, to keep yourself cool so that your mind can work properly. I'm not saying, you know, keep the goddamn place like a freaking icebox, but I'm just saying at least it can take some of the humidity out of the air so that you don't feel like you're just drenching yourself in sweat all the time. And, like, I forge in front of my shop in full sunlight in Florida, and I've got my air conditioning running, and I get I get close to heat exhaustion or I get close to heat stroke like when I'm doing it and it's just dangerous. Uh, you know, it can kill a guy. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, keep that in mind. Um, you know, and I think, you know, these mini split systems like the one Dennis put in, you know, you can do it yourself. You can buy them and, and do it yourself. So why, and it, by the way, he made a video about this on YouTube so you can watch him do it. Yeah, it's definitely worth doing. So, uh, all right. I wanted to shout out one more Reaper manufacturing. It's our, it's Bobby over at Reaper metalworks. He's changed his name on Instagram now to Reaper MFG. Him and I had a long discussion about this, about him changing his name. Cause he wants to get out, you know, he wants to not pigeonhole himself. I think it's a good move, but he took himself. He took a selfie with somebody tagged you in it. What? Brian. I don't know if you saw this, and it's a guy that kind of looks like you. <laughs> I did see this. <laughs> and he's got I mean, like a, he's bald and he's got a tattoo up across the back side of his head. Oh, I didn't notice the tattoo until you said it, but yeah. <laughs> he's like, it was awesome meeting you today, even though it, you weren't here or whatever. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. I found that very funny. And, and um, if you're not following Bobby at Reaper Manufacturing, Reaper MFG on Instagram, you should. Uh, he's a great guy. He's super helpful. He he also mod, uh, moderates all of our um, Facebook groups. So like DIY Forges and DIY Belt Grinders and Machine, which, by the way, DIY Belt Grinders and Machines is over 25,000 followers now uh, or group members and very active over there. So if you're on Facebook, go find that. And then also DIY Forges is growing. I think we're over just over 4,000 members, but we just started that like – around christmas so nice it's a, it's a new one so go check that out i've got one more i want to shout out metal chef oh b- 
before we jump away from that doppelganger ganger guy, the guy who looks <laughs> just like me. So that was kind of jarring because he looks he looks somewhat like me. I, I can see the resemblance. But if you ever watch Gator Boys, did you ever watch that show? I think it was like a Discovery show or a History Channel show. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, I did watch it. Yeah, there's one of them that looks more like me back before, like when I was in high school, early college, before I packed on the pounds. He looks like it. That was the guy. Whenever like somebody would meet me, I was like, "Oh, you know, have you ever watched Gator Boys? He looks kind of like you." So if you ever, okay. if you ever really want to see a really close doppelganger that isn't my father, that's the guy. <laughs> you and your dad do look a lot alike. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, so you'll know what you look like, anyways, when you yeah. get older. So yeah, not so, a bad looking dude. By the right. way, he's he's a good looking guy. Your all dad. right. All right, I'll let, I'll I'll tune him into this exact moment just so he can get that <laughs> ego boost. Um, so I've got one more WFI projects before we go. Metal Chef Customs. I don't know if you're following that dude, but he's a really good metal fabricator forging. Yeah. He's he's awesome. Well, he's doing this post where he shows all of the steps for one of his fry pans from sheet metal to different. You know, he cuts it to round and then he starts forging on it. You can see how he's like heating up different parts of it and bending it. And you can totally see all the way through this process from, you know, sheet metal all the way down to the pan is ready for a handle. And it's, it's cool to see the entire process over. I mean, what is this like eight photos, 10 photos? It's, yeah, it's cool to see the process. So, yeah, he's got a drawer full, full of copper for me. He's going to send a, a bunch of copper bits down to me um, because we're doing the induction forge melts, which has been fun. So, yeah, I saw that. You gave Mac a new little uh little bling. Yeah, last week I was like in a total rut. Like I was just feeling like shit and I I just was not feeling productive and we had been working on the induction for Let me tell you a really fucking funny story. This is this hopefully somebody will pull some humor or entertainment out of this. I have had this induction forge for a couple of years and then when I moved to this new shop, I never set it up. I always just, it was like in a corner, basically. In fact, while you were here for the Foundry Project, it was like just sitting by the front door. Like it didn't even have a, nothing hooked up to it. Right. And then I got the wild hair up my butt that I wanted to build a cart for it and I wanted to get back on. Because, you know, Brent and I at times just want to heat something up quick. You know, just real fast, just need to heat it up or loosen a bolt or whatever. Um, And I, I've been watching casting videos, so I wanted to do some induction melts as well. I get it all together. The actual induction forge uses a TIG cooler, which is a just a cooler that runs a pump and a radiator, and it pumps water through the machine to keep it cool. All okay. right. I get it all plugged in. I go to flip on the switch. Induction coo- The induction machine turns on. TIG cooler, nothing. Won't turn on. Nothing. I walk away from it for a little bit. A couple days goes by. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this thing apart. I pull it apart. I check the fan. Fan is turning. Pump turns. It's got water in it. You know, whatever. You know. Now I pull, I, I'm pulling everything out of it. I pull the fan out. I disassemble the pump, which is a series of brass components that are all, you know, hosed together with, you know, crimped on. All this shit. Fucking tons of bolts. I pull everything apart. Nothing's clogged. Every, you know, I'm like, all right, grab a multimeter, start checking for power. I got power at the switch. I got power here. I got power there. And then I'm like, I don't have any power at the motor. What the frig? You know, like I'm like going back and forth trying to figure this out. Can't figure it out. I figure it's dead, right? I go online. I order one on Amazon. They're not cheap. They're like $280, whatever. All right. And I'm like, uh, you know, and then I start thinking about it. I'm like, you know, there's no power to that thing. Is it just like a loose wire or something? So I start chasing the wires up into the machine and I notice a little black carousel in there. And on the outside, it looks like a screw, right? But it's actually a fuse container oh, no. that holds a fuse. I pull the fuse out. It's blown. I put a new fuse in. <laughs> boom. Turn it on. <laughs> And it fucking works. So, but that two hundred dollar part, you know, when it, when it fails, you'll have one in backup, I guess. Oh my god, Brian! <laughs> so then, 
you know, Brent and I go to put it back together. And then, of course, it won't pump water now because uh, we didn't assemble the pump correctly. Like the whole thing. Like, and we eventually got it, by the way. Now runs fine. I got a big lesson in what I've been telling people for years, including my own children, is always look for the simplest solution first. You know, yeah. it's not always the pump or the fan or the motor or whatever. It's sometimes it's just a loose wire or is the damn thing even plugged in? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I told Derek Melton that story uh, and he, yeah, he was like, yeah, I've been there. Trust yeah. me. We've all done stupid shit like that. All right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let, let me tell you a, a dad joke and then there we'll shut down the show. How about this? Let's do it, man. You know, I've been trying to lose weight. Oh, yeah. But it keeps finding me. Now, did you have a little plunger or something over the <laughs> horn? No, so I've actually gotten some feedback that the trombone sound is a little bit loud. And yeah, it kind of oh. is. It's a little jarring. So I, I have a little mute. So it's not quite so bad. And the mute is what? What is it? Oh, it's called a Harmon mute. It's kind of like a it's not a plunger. It's like a it looks like that, though, right? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> it okay. actually, it looks like a little mini bell that has a pole. It's, it's whatever. It's I got you. Okay. Just I, type I in Harmon mute that, and you'll see what it means. Or what it that looks was like. a uh, good addition to the, the trombone. I like the way it yeah. sounded. There it goes. Hey, listen, Brian, I hope you know I appreciate you and I know you're working hard and that every week you come on this show, give us your time. Hell yeah. And appreciate you, brother. And I, I see your hard work. I recognize you. Got mad respect for you. And I've got mad respect for you guys for listening and supporting our show. Thank you so much. Even if you don't participate in Patreon, uh, just listening, sharing, all those things matter to us. And we can see it in the analytics. You know, thousands of you listen every every day. Uh, it's fantastic to, to be a part of this crew. So yes. thank you so much for working for it and being a part of our team as always we will do our best to inspire you to help you to you know whatever it is that our role is for you we want to make that a continued part of our lives so thank you so much we appreciate you and uh make what? it a good work and week hard work and good luck baby let's God, do it before we get out of here what's the after show question oh shit <laughs> we have one oh. we do have one all right, you ready what? for this? Yeah, yeah. What's the after show? Well, I'll I'll get the I'll get the music going again. Let's let's get this thing it's going again. As if we haven't done this hundreds of times. <laughs> um, Travis Haynes, Bird Forge. This is a great question, by the way. It says, and it, this will be something that you and I can both answer. Um, it says, uh, when it comes to you, your YouTube content, what is your process mm. from planning to shooting to scripting to editing? How do you organize that? And what parts of the process or setup are the most important to you? Mm. That's an excellent question. Well thought out, Travis. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll answer that in the after show. And we'll definitely be bringing you a whole lot more than $10.80 a year in value on the after show. So let's let's go to the after show. Let's do it. Yeah, man. What do you think? Let's do it. I don't know how much longer. uh, We doubled up the music. We're going to let the music go. And then we're going to like. I'm going to go like this, and then I'm going to be like, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. There it is. There it is. (laughs) After show, baby. To the after show. All right. See you there. Thanks again.